What happens at laser tag never stays at laser tag. Laser. Laser unfocused tag talk. Laser unfocused tag talk. I feel like you could be like in Ghostbusters or something. Like oh my god, you have got some stories. Let's talk about laser tag. Who knew you were a laser tag legend? Time to get laser unfocused. Tag talk with Tivia. Welcome to Laser Unfocused Tag Talk. Hi, I'm Tivia. When laser tag is the primary entertainment attraction, a family fun center can really spotlight what they do best. I'd like to welcome my guests today, Kevin and Bronwyn Castor, who are the owners of Invasion Laser Tag in San Marcos, California, to discuss their experiences as independent operators of a thriving standalone laser tag business. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. Now, I love that the focus of your business is laser tag, and it's right there in the name. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about the origins of the business. When and how did you first get interested in the idea of starting a laser tag business? Uh, well, let me start off with a little bit of background. Um, so I have a degree in finance, um, and my wife, Bronwyn, here was a teacher. So it comes second nature for her to have to deal with children, which made this business to kind of dovetail in with what she was already doing. Um, so I did the uh, financial analysis and the feasibility analysis of whether or not laser tech would work in our area. And I kind of came to the conclusion that it would not only work, it would work well if we ran it correctly. Um, and so we started back in 2011. Um, the build out actually, I think only took six months, which was fairly quickly. Uh, yeah considering most take a little bit longer than that, but yeah, about six months. Um, uh, and then we opened in August of 2011 and uh, we've been churning away at it since. And of course, COVID came and in California, COVID meant a 13 month closure for us. So we had to deal with being closed for 13 months. Um, our landlord fortunately is a very nice, very generous person um and loves us so having a very good relationship with your landlord right on from the onset is a great thing to have um and uh, and that and that helped us survive COVID. so yeah excellent and you're kind of jumping ahead to exactly the the kinds of things i want to talk about like the challenges that you find along the way but i'd love to talk a little bit about your site itself now i have visited your arena it was a few years back and i had a great time playing at your location and i'd love to talk a little bit about the size and style of the arena and what went into your choices for it as you were deciding to build so i'm going to be honest we really knew nothing about laser tag i had played it a couple of times just as we were deciding we were this was a venture that we wanted to go through we weren't laser tag players by any means we did have kids who were um of laser tag playing age but you know we didn't really have any ideas for our arena we hired creative works they pretty much came in and designed the arena it's very symmetrical we put in you know some additions some beacons and um, the reactor, you know, has a special um, base and we've put in some additional bases. So we have done some things. We have some more bots that we don't always use, but um, that actually we got from Atlantis, the two of us to site that closed down, gave us those. Um, So, you know, we've definitely made some additions and moved some walls, but originally they just, they came in and 
you know, turnkey. Yeah. So taking just a little bit of a step back, we actually had the benefit of having Eric Guthrie come out and he's well known in the industry. And we brought him a lot around to a th- uh, quite a few uh, locations that could potentially be great for a laser tag location. Unfortunately, the location we ended up with, we didn't know was available at the time, so he never saw that. But he rated all the other locations kind of from A to F. And uh, and we ended up with this location, which is on a main thoroughfare in our town. It has about 30,000 cars that travel on it. Uh, we're about a uh, quarter of a mile from two high schools, which doesn't really matter. We have a couple of colleges also in our town, which also doesn't really matter. You would think you would get a big pull from the local high schools, like from after school or from the colleges, because, you know, when they're in session, you think we have a lot of fraternities want to come out and do stuff. And we don't get a lot of that. We get some, but nowhere near what you would think. Um, so we ended up with our we location. Did of, we did get a lot of high schoolers on the weekends. Yeah, on the weekends. But not on, not on. Not after yet. school. It's not like an after school type of. Oh, let's go play laser tag after school. Kids just want to get home and be on their phone and play video games for the most part. But so the location that we landed on was is ten thousand square feet, and the design we looked at it the way I looked at it, it was just perfect where our arcade is going to go, where our lobby is going to be, where our party rooms are going to be, and where our arena is going to be. The arena is behind everything, and it's 5,000 square feet. And our point of sale uh, counter can see everything in our lobby, every video game, everything. And it can also see the entrances into the party rooms. So because of that, we're able to get by and a lot of times with two employees. So we're able to run efficiently with just a few employees monitoring everything. And, you know, kids will get on crazy. On a day like a Wednesday. Yeah. Obviously not on but it also Wednesday. helps on a Saturday, Sunday, because, you know, when kids go crazy, jumping on arcade games, those bikes and stuff and go crazy, you can, hey, you know, you, you see it. You, before it escalates and somebody gets hurt, you can step in and, and do something about it. But uh, anyways, our arena is 5,000 square feet. We came up with a great design. Uh, Creative Works helped us design the, the briefing room and, and the vesting room. And we actually have one of the biggest vesting rooms around because there's plenty of room to vest up without bumping into people. Um, we have changed the arena a little bit. I've gotten into the DMX lighting. Uh, we have a lot of lighting in our arena. Uh, it, it not only tells you what's going on in the game, Thanks to um, our laser tag manufacturer giving us a lot of DMX triggers that we use from the game itself. Um, but it's like at the start of the game, when you start, when you, uh, before you start a game, every DMX light by every base is lit up the, the, the color of that base. So as soon as somebody walks in before the game starts, they know where the red base is, they know where the blue base is, they know where the neutral bases are because the lights are showing. Um, we have an audio announcements within the game that we can trigger. Like if there's running going on, we have pre-recorded messages about no running in the arena. We, we pre-recorded a message at the end of the game telling people to clip their phaser back on their vest, remember the name on the front of their vest. That may have, that has actually changed with the new Gen 8 uh, equipment that we have. But for the most part, those instructions are, are valuable to people when they leave because they know what to do and where to go to exit. So we don't have to repeat that over and over again or yell it in the arena. It's audibly in the sound system from the, the, the recording that we did. Um, and we've, we've changed the arena around a little bit to make it a little more... Um, you know, a lot of arenas that you play, when you have a full game, you feel it. It's packed. There's people everywhere. You can't get away from anybody. You're constantly getting tagged. 
and it becomes annoying at times. So I've made it a point to create little nooks and crannies where people can actually hide and tag people and no one knows where it's coming from and they're safe kind of for the moment right there. So that was kind of my goal was to really tweak and dial in the arena and, and make it um, very playable. And I, we've got, you know, people that have never played laser tag before to members that come every Sunday that play space marines. And the arena is very well balanced for space marines. And we get a lot of um, accolades from people that say, oh man, this is, it's a great field or it's very, it's very well designed for something like that. So it hits players coming from all different angles, new players, old players. Um, the best, I think one of the best parts about our arena is you, when you walk in, there's no real second level. There are elevated platforms because of ceiling height limitations. Um, but you literally can see everything in the arena when you walk in. You can, you can, you can see all the perimeter walls. It's a big room, um, but you don't get lost so much, I think. It, it is another yeah, positive aspect it. of it. Some some people still do, but and that's one of those things you want to work on flow when you're doing your games, especially on Saturdays. You want people to exit quickly because that's delaying the start of the next game. Not only do they have to find their way out, but they have to relinquish the vest that somebody else is now going to be wearing for the next game. So, yeah. It's now, of one of the things that I recall from my visit was that um, a couple of your more neutral bases were. Uh, you had bases where I would expect to find them. And then you had bases where I didn't expect to find them. Uh, yeah, that's right. So, above. so could you talk to what, that? Yeah. So, so we've got two main bases, a red and a blue, because we run red and blue teams. And those are, those are very distinguishable. They're in the torso of these giant robots that creative works built. And then we utilize these additional base targets from laser force as neutral targets. And I built these boxes that hang from the ceiling above our platform um, where you have to be under it, look up and tag it, and you can only get it from the platform. I made sure you can only get it from the platform, so you can't just be along the platform down below and hit it. And what it is, is it, it's challenging because you have to put yourself in the open to be able to tag it. So you need to make sure you clear people around you before you can get that base. So it makes it a very challenging target to get on both platforms. And that was But by they're also all over the place with yeah, it makes people have to kind of yeah, and then go we, around. we we utilize three beacons as well within the arena. We kind of have one in the center, and the two, other two beacons are in the opposite corners of our main bases. So we've kind of spread it out to where there's something anywhere in, in crucial places. Um, we wanted to make sure the corners had something to tag as well as the center, of course. Um, and it's great because you can play different games. You can play a game from the platform and just be tagging people from the platform the whole time. The generator target from Laser Force will randomize the target in the center and eventually the target will be lit on the side that you're on. So you, in theory, from just that platform could get the base that's above you and the neutral target from the center by just waiting it out. Um, so that was kind of by design as well, the way I put yeah. those in. And we have a fog machine that doesn't just emit fog in the background that you don't notice. It's actually part of the nuclear reactor going off effect. So when that goes off, it's saying danger, danger. Lights are going on and then a burst of fog comes in uh, that helps uh, fog the arena so you can see the lasers. It's not the quick dissipating fog. I, I tried that at first and then I realized it's just a waste to do that because it dissipates and you need fog anyway. So 
um, to, to really add that additional uh, effect that you're looking for. Um, so yeah, so we have the, the fog machine react with, with uh, an object in the arena. Well, kudos on the ingenuity of putting a couple of those bases above, because that's what was most memorable to me when I visited your cool. arena. Very so cool. that stood out, even though it's been since 2018 was when I paid my visit uh, last. And so I, I'm sure a few changes have been made. In fact, you mentioned that you're on Gen 8 now with Laser Force, sure. and um, uh, you were on Gen six or seven, uh, I believe. We, I we actually started off on six and okay. it was very easy to upgrade from six to seven. If you, you know, you knew how to do it, you could upgrade the boards and then uh, run new batteries and stuff like that. So you could go to the newer gen seven, which gave you the enhanced sound. Um, the, the sound was a lot clearer and it gave you a lot more sound effects and a lot more things you could do in the game. But the step up to Gen 8 really was a biggie because now you can visually see what's going on on that screen, on that phaser. People can see what's going on on that chest plate. Uh, we've found the batteries just last forever on those things. You would think with all these displays and lights going on all day long on a Saturday, you would have a difficult time keeping the best charged and that's not the case. So it's it's pretty amazing, yeah. Well, I was curious about what factors went into your decision, um, maybe both with the upgrade, but uh, you were already on this uh, this manufacturer's uh, equipment. So when you were first selecting and you said that you didn't have a lot of background in laser tag, what are the factors that went into your decision to go that route? Oh, to go with laser force versus mm -hmm. the others? Um, so we had a zone site in San Diego um, that was, it's probably about 40 miles from us. They're, they're not there anymore. They left during the pandemic, but they had um, the whole territory back when they gave out territories. Yeah, so had, zone yeah. wasn't, yeah, we weren't so able to do a zone We couldn't site. do zone. And uh, so the next factor was, of course, durability is plays into it. Um, but we wanted to know what kids liked. So we went to a force, a laser force site and kids just loved playing it. It was easy for them. Our kids were young at the time too, but we were kind of asking about, you know, talking to the other kids and they just, you know, they loved it. It was, it was simple to understand, easy to use. Yeah. Um, and the site that was in Chula Vista, that's probably a little over an hour from us was a laser force site. They really liked it. They were very helpful, helping us get up and running. And yeah. we just thought it'd be really yeah. perfect to you know both have the we, same equipment we knew there was some redundancy there so if there were any issues like we needed some packs because our right, or something, or we could versa. just go down there and borrow some so it that kind of uh helped with our decision yeah. as well yeah oh, very good now when I paid my visit, I was lucky enough to happen to land on a members night when you had some of your, your regular players showing up. So they were very welcoming to me as a visiting member from another arena. And I'd love to know about uh, you know, your audience base, your customer clientele, because you, you mentioned that the high schools and the college might not be that much of a factor. But do you actively work to cultivate a member scene or a competitive scene? And um, no, we actually don't. Um, when we first opened, our kids were in fifth and seventh grade, and they liked playing the the bonus games, the space brains, and all of that. And so we decided that we would make member nights kind of like their play date. So customers that were at our facility a lot, we just invited them to come play. And we, we made it like a play date. Um, we would play sometimes, you know, and, and that 
started our member base. Some of those people still come. They were there last weekend. And then um, when Atlantis closed down, a lot of their players started coming to our site too. Um, we try to keep it very small. It's not something that we advertise. It's kind of an invite only. Yeah. Um, just because when you get, like the other day we had 20, somebody came back from college and it was her birthday. Um, and so a bunch of other members came. There's like 20 something people. Well, as you know, that's just, it's just too many for Space Marines. So we had to go to three. Oh, our little dog. So we had to go to three teams. It just makes it harder for everybody to, to wait. So but, but. we really try to keep it not, you know, it's not like a huge open thing. Of course, if members from other sites come, yeah. we're, we're happy to welcome. On the plus side, we, we generally have a very good group of members. Um, in fact, we have a lot of employees that have come from our member base. So currently we have oh, at least sure, two yeah. or three very good employees uh, that love laser tag, love the game. They come all the time and now they're old enough to work and they work for us. And I think for the most part, they love the job probably, um, I would think. Yeah. Um, so, and they're also very in tune with, you know, making sure the equipment stays safe and that kids don't go crazy and start throwing things down and things like that. So they're very protective of the equipment and yeah. the arena and, um, and they like the job because they of course like laser tags. So, so that we may be kind of in the minority having that situation where we have a good member base and we'll, some of them turn into really good employees, but you know, we're afforded that luxury. So yeah we like it well i think you probably can't do better for an employee than somebody who already has enthusiasm for laser tag and some knowledge behind them so um it sounds like you're on the right track with that and what i remember about that members night there's there's actually two things that stand out i don't know if he's still a player there but i remember das was uh a oh, player yeah. who, <laughs> yeah. das. Das. A, okay i'm yeah. sorry he's, he's when i said team. my <laughs> when I said that I play as Tivia, his first response was, oh, from Photon. And I just love it when somebody recognizes the reference. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so shout out to him. Just, he was there just the other night and he comes yeah. every now and then, not he as often as he used to, because he's got quite a few things going on. And, and he his body doesn't seem to take the the the, the, uh, the punishment like it used to in playing some of these games, because we're really moving in a lot of cases. And that. Uh, so yeah so but yeah he shows yeah he's there on Sunday. quite a few yeah. yeah well and the other thing i remember is one of your staff members i believe it was sean at the time um i remember uh i walked in as they were playing a game i was not familiar with and i thought well how in the world am i not familiar with this game and uh they called it counter-strike and i remember oh, uh, being, told, being told that they made it so yes. uh clearly you're able to do some customizing and uh there, yep. Maybe you could talk to me about that, how you're creating uh, game yeah, ideas and what keeps things Sean fresh. Yeah, yeah, my son Sean made no, it. And it was, no, it was oh, Sean McMurdo. Yeah. And I think it was based on the game CSGO. CSGO. And the thing about this game is it's very quick. So it's elimination. So you, uh, you know, once you get hit five times, you're out and last man standing wins. And sometimes it ends in 20 seconds and then you go back and start again. Um, I don't know what game they base it off of, but of course you you may or may not you may or may not know in Laser Force for you to to make your own game you kind of have to base it off of either a standard game or a Space Marines game or one of the main games that are already out there and then you can go and make your changes to it and customize it to make it you know something unique like like that Counter Strike game that is a fun game. 
but it's yeah, it's over before you know. Yeah. In fact, it's over so quickly. Sometimes the scores don't even show up on the scoring monitor because it takes there's like a two minute delay before the scoring monitor right. shows the next round of scores. So the previous game that ends, those people can still see their scores for a while and it doesn't go away quickly. Um, so yeah, but uh, yeah, we've we've dabbled in in making some custom games. Uh, I tried an Aliens versus Predator game using an Aliens versus Predator soundtrack, which which was really cool. But I never got it dialed in perfectly, so it wasn't one of the more popular games. So we never really played it that much. But yeah, you have good notes. I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I remember, though I wasn't there, I remember hearing that you had done some other interesting soundtrack things. So it sounds like you do a lot of customizing of different things in your arena. Are, are there other examples of that you'd like to share? Um, I did a whole Aliens versus Predator soundtrack that ran, ran the duration, I think, of the 10 or 12 minute game. That was really cool. Um, I know I, I I think I showed it off to Eric Guthrie. He was amazed by it. I know I showed it off to Jeff Schilling when he came out. He was amazed by it. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed kind of pulling that stuff together. I haven't done a whole lot of that in recent years, um, but I really wanted to leverage the DMX uh, lighting and audio to really engage the player in more than just the game itself, but also help them along their journey give them information that they may not already know about laser tag, especially if they're new, um, and, and, and also help with the flow. So the end of our game tells people where to exit, um, and that makes it easier for people to find the exit. A bit, just all the lights in the arena turn off, and one bright red light turns on, and the announcement tells you to go to the red light to exit the arena. And you can see that red light from anywhere in the arena. So um, that's just one of the things I utilized uh, when I put together um, the, the DMX lighting and sound. Um, and, I, and I had some help. I don't know if you know who Bill Mann is from Waukesha. He was very good at, at doing some of this stuff. So he helped me um, with Venue Magic. The, the, the program that we use is Venue Magic. Light Factory is the program that Laser Force usually uh, has operators go with. Um, but Venue Magic is one of those um, software packages that I want to say is used mostly for um, animatronics, like Chuck E. Cheese, stuff like that. But there are a lot of things you can do with it. Um, and uh, so so I got deep into that and came up with a lot of timelines and playlists that, that work well with the game modes. Um, yeah. So I kind of went crazy with it, but I haven't really done much with it since. But there's really no need because nothing's really changed uh, yeah. a whole lot. So... And Gen 8 kind of gives you all that information as well. So there's less that you have to give the, the player now with uh, the equipment, with what the equipment can do. Well, it sounds like you really think outside the box. So I'd love to know if there are maybe other out of the box ideas that you've come up with for your, uh, for your business, be it in or out of the arena. Uh, well, yeah. So, so one of the things, for, this was early on, right after we first opened, uh, a lot of places would print a piece of paper with the person's the, you know, happy birthday to Johnny uh, and slide it into something on the party room door to designate this is Johnny's party. Everyone come on in, this is where his party is. And then you slide it out and change it for the next party. And years ago, I came up with an idea to use Google Chromecasts on TV monitors that we have positioned one above each door uh, with animations. And uh, my son actually got involved in doing a 
program in yes. Python where uh, the operator, like Bronwyn, could go in and say, oh, the next person's birthday is this name and he likes Pokemon and boom, now we have a, an animation behind there and a happy birthday to that person um, on, the, on the TV screen. A lot of times we have moms that take photos of the, of the monitor as a, as a memento. Um, so it's just, that's just kind of one of the things that we made to make it easier for us to set up the next party and uh, a bigger deal for the party guests too. When they see that, they're like, oh, this is not something we're used to seeing. Um, so that. that's, that's one, that's one idea. Um, I can probably think of a bunch of others, but right now nothing else really comes to mind. Okay. Well, how about creative ways that you've, uh, approached uh, revenue? What's your most successful revenue generating tactic? Um, most of our revenue comes from birthday parties. Um, I don't know, probably what, 60, 70%. Yeah. So it's yeah, really word, it's really word of mouth. Um, we don't do any advertising. I mean, it's, it's, I, I've tried to do some marketing and advertising and what ends up happening is it pulls people in during our busiest times and it just adds more right. chaos. So, right. you know, I mean, if I could come up with a creative way to pull people in, Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday. Thursday night, um, or, you know, really do corporate events during the day. Um, we, we would go after it, but anything else mm -hmm. that pulls people in on the weekends. Um, and that's when, of course, everyone wants to come. Yeah. What are your best thoughts for increasing the party business? Well, we only have so many spots, so. <laughs> you sell out the party spaces? Yeah, we don't have that many in a day, so they're pretty much. Um, after the pandemic, we decided to include a private games package where it's just their game. So we do one less party um, per time slot. We used to do, um, like, say, we'd have two parties starting at 1 o'clock, two parties starting at 1.30. Um, we just do now two at 1, one at 1.30, and the 1.30 one is private. I'm just giving examples of times. So we don't have as many time slots as we used to um, available because we do offer the private games package. Of course they, they pay for that, but. <laughs> so you find that the parties are just the thing that's most in demand. So you don't have yeah. to boost that at all. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a pretty good revenue generating yeah, tactic to me. Good. Just do your no, parties well. But as we know, but as we know, you know, Things are going well now, and that has not always been the case. So, currently, yeah, it's a good, it's a good situation. But you know, we've had, we've had years where it hasn't been. You know, like any business, there's good sure. years and yeah. good years, and you just got to plan for it. So, right. Yeah. Have a good footing. Right. Well, you mentioned corporate events as well. Have you had any really interesting corporate events come through your door? Interesting corp. I don't know about in I mean they are they're all pretty similar. We're um well we did have Monster come. Monster was probably the most interesting. They were all in their 20s and very fit and hyped up on Monster. <laughs> and they played laser ball and they thought it was the best thing they'd ever done in the whole wide world. 
And on the second game of laser ball, have you played? Obviously, you played laser ball. Yes, I've yeah. played laser ball. It is an amazing game. On the second game, they literally one of the girls literally came and collapsed from too much from exhaustion. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, like fell down on the thing. Yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> So that was, they were by far the most memorable. Well, my most event. memorable, which has, doesn't have much to do with laser tag, is Callaway Golf, which is a golf company that's just down the road from us. Their salespeople came out and did an event um, and ordered way more barbecue than they could eat and left us just racks and racks <laughs> of ribs from the most delicious barbecue place in town, by the way. Uh, so I was loving that. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a good one too. They were pretty rambunctious <laughs> group too, but I think they were more into the eating and the probably the, <laughs> partying. Yeah, yeah. partying. <laughs> they but, were all going out after, so yeah. So, but uh, they had a good time. Yeah. Well, sounds like still making good use of the party rooms. Yeah. Now. I know independent operators sometimes face unique challenges, but as you mentioned before, you had the particularly unique challenge, as many people did uh, during the pandemic, but California had business under restrictions for a whole lot longer than a lot of other states. So could we just kind of go back to that and talk about how did you get through that challenge and how have you seen the business change since COVID? So... Obviously, we were closed down. I'm a former teacher. I actually, during the pandemic, went back to teaching. I did a long-term substitute job. Um, the very beginning of the pandemic, we believed in the, you know, two weeks to slow, stop the stop spread, the curve, you know, turn around and we should be open so in a few months. So we cleaned like crazy. Yeah. We just was wiping down walls. I did all the windows. Right. We have tons of windows. And we just, we cleaned, we did all the carpets and we just thought, oh, you know, we have all this time. Let's just, you know, make it perfect. And then, you know, we sat and sat and sat. He took apart every single vest and gave them a bow. Yeah. You're familiar with the Gen 6, 7 vest. So I followed DeVore's method of deep cleaning and took every single vest apart and bathed each vest with the electronics off. Uh, hung them to dry and then reassembled everything, fixing any plastic pieces that may have been cracked and basically had ready to go almost new vests for when we reopened. Right. So, you know, the beginning we, we were hopeful and then, you know, it lingered and lingered. Um, and it was, you know, when we opened, we opened the following April. We were at, I don't even know the percentage. Capacity we, we could, I think we were at 30% right. capacity. So we were just kind of doing one party at a time. And then um, in June, it became full. But, you know, everybody didn't flock back to doing no. things. And, and so that was probably a, you know, a little bit of a rush And year. I think it was to our benefit, because to be quite honest, if we had been in another state like Florida, our business would have struggled for the many months leading up to that anyways, because I think a lot of people were like staying away. So our sales would have been, very low and of course the landlord would have still wanted his full rent and right. it, it just yeah. it would have been hard to get by so it almost was a blessing in disguise that we were closed for as long as we were it was kind of a bummer but i mean i think we yeah. kind of hit the ground running and everybody just wanted to get back to doing stuff with right. people rather than yeah. being but, the beginning, but the beginning was rough i mean yeah. there were mask mandates and you yeah. have their your people that you know refuse to wear masks yeah. and I mean, you know, and I felt like a cough and it just, it was, they were a few very typical months. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. A lot of hand sanitizer. Yeah. Mm. Still a so, lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and since reopening, what has it been like compared to before COVID? Oh, it's um, almost we're like, pretty busy. And it's almost like back to normal. I mean, oh, you, you've yeah. heard that, yo, know, COVID is still a thing. People are catching it. Um, but <laughs> you, know, you rarely see anybody come into our place with a mask on. And people don't mind bumping into other people or grabbing equipment that somebody else just put down. It's it's almost right. like COVID almost like COVID never happened, really. From right. I mean, point. and you get you get, you know, obviously people that I had somebody call me like maybe three months ago when it was just everybody was talking about it again. And I just, you know, if you're not comfortable, don't come. Yeah, you don't I have mean, to send your kid right. to a birthday party if you're not comfortable. Yeah. yeah. But I would say that's in the very, that's very minority, minority because sure. we're seeing a lot of people coming in. So, yeah. And What is full capacity for you, by the way? What is full capacity? Well, our, we can run 36, 36 in a game. Um, in our facility, the maximum occupancy rating is, I think, 165, so. But that wasn't from the fire marshal. The fire marshal is more like the almost 300 people. We had to get creative. So in California, going back to the design process, of course, there's a lot of back and forth with you need this, you need that. Um, one of the things we were told we needed was six toilets in each bathroom. And we're like, six, what? Well, because you're 10,000 square feet and your class A occupancy, so that's 30 people per thousand square feet. So 300 people can be in your facility. So then we kind of had to convince the city, well, wait a second, this 5,000 square foot space is never going to have more than 38 people in it, 36 players and maybe two marshals ever. Mm -hmm. So you got to assign 38 to that 5,000 square feet and then we'll kind of look at the rest of it. So we were able to get that number back down to where we were okay with in each bathroom basically so it's kind of one of those things where you know you start off high and you got to get them back down and, and negotiate and um, a lot of um, municipalities just aren't totally familiar with what laser tag is and what is this maze that you're playing in and is it dangerous can you get out of there if there's a fire type of thing so a lot of people we had to convince that this was safe and uh, to get open it's interesting you say that. I, I think a lot of times there is a little bit of confusion over what these attractions really entail. So you figured out how to explain it clearly in that case. But what other challenges did you come across in the beginning that you you didn't think that you would have to explain or that maybe, um, you know, you wish you had known something before before you got oh into it? Oh, my gosh. Um, it was a big one. The biggest was just the city. I was there all the time. And finally, the engineer for the city was like, okay, I'm honestly tired of seeing you. <laughs> like, yeah. as much as you hate coming here, I hate talking to you. So he said, here is my cell phone number. If your architect needs to talk to me on the weekend. And then he actually came in and did the inspection and was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I can't believe how beautiful it is in here. And so he was wowed by the time we were finally open, but boy, it was, I mean, literally I was there pretty much every day with something and they just, you know, they don't make it easy. 
<laughs> no, I mean, and there's a lot of ADA compliance that you have to go through, uh, yeah. the, you know, for ramps that are commonly used in laser tech to get to higher levels. Those typically aren't ADA compliant because right. if they were, they would be, they'd be super long ramps. Um, so there are ways to kind of, you know, get that through the city that, oh, but a, a person in a wheelchair doesn't have to play on the upper level. They right. get the same experience down below. And that seems to go over very well. Mm -hmm. And we've had people oh, in wheelchairs, wheelchairs play yeah. all uh, a lot and they have a great time. Yeah. Right. There's no complaints. Right. Um, yeah. So we've made sure that there's, you know, everything's ADA compliant, of course, in the arena. Um, and uh, that I think the biggest challenge, though, to uh, convince the city that this is going to work is the the maze is safe. It's not super dark in there. You can see your way out and see the emergency exit lights and all that. And I think they uh, were going to require that we have 200 parking spots, <laughs> thinking every right. single player and every single kid would be a licensed driver, would drive themselves to our facility to fill our facility up. So that was kind of a challenge in itself to convince them we don't need that many parking spots. Right. Um, and we didn't. And so we don't have a parking issue in our, in our facility. Not, yeah, so. not very often. No. No. And, and our... Uh, center was never 100% vacant, and now it finally is 100% vacant after it's many, many opposite. years. Opposite, full. Full. It was vacant. That's what I not. meant to say. Yeah. Zero percent vacancy, 100% occupancy. Yeah. Which is a burst. So. Well, very good. Well, you've certainly navigated a lot of different things and um, your business is unique. And I think that one of the things that I, I really enjoy about uh, businesses like yours is I really like a, an attraction where laser tag is the reason that you show up and standalone laser tags uh, for a time were, were more prevalent. And now we're seeing a little bit more of a trend of laser tag uh, becoming more uh, a a piece of the puzzle with multi-attraction FEC businesses, which I think makes the distinction between that type of a business versus your standalone laser tag attraction all the more, uh, you know, really obvious. So I'd love to hear from your vantage point, what really makes a business like yours where laser tag is the focus, what makes it stand apart? Well, I would have to say the timing of when we opened was a big deal because back when we opened standalone laser tags were still big deals. They were happening. People oh, right. were flocking to them. I think if we had to do it all over again now, we would probably reconsider a standalone laser tag. Um, yeah. Even though we're still very successful and are still doing better than we've ever done really right. in the past. The bottom line is a big guy can come in and yeah, a, a main and event. knock you out of town. Absolutely. You know I mean? Absolutely. Big competition can come in and really dwindle your, Exactly. customer base um but that being said we have a lot of loyalty we have people coming in that said oh i remember you know uh, kids in college that come in during college break and say oh i remember i had my first birthday party here it was the greatest thing ever this would have been 12 years ago so i think we have a lot of repeat customers um and there's not a whole heck of a lot to do so you know there's trampoline parks everywhere people get to tired of doing trampoline parks. We have bowling, we have movie theaters, um, and we have some arcades like a Dave and Buster's not far from us, but there's not a lot of laser tag. Um, and I think people just like the interaction that comes with laser tag and the ability to put your phone down and pick up a phaser 
and go and try to tag your friends and anybody else you see and score a lot and and you know it, and it's it's different I, it's I mean, competitive it's competitive yeah, yeah. Um, and there's really nothing else like it. I mean, dodgeball at a trampoline park is, you know, dodgeball, but, you know, there's laser tag is laser tag. And it's hard to mimic that. And it's been hugely successful. And I think the reason why we're still doing as well as we are is because when we opened, I think the timing of when we opened and what was going on at the time as far as competition, there were only a couple laser tags in San Diego County. And then I think it it uh, it got up to seven in total in San Diego, including us, which was a pretty good number. Um, and now it's just down to a few, maybe two, depending on how you look at it. But yeah. Well, um, I love that you know you're still doing your thing. You're still putting the focus on the game. That you you hit the nail on the head. All those uh, reasons, uh, particularly getting kids off of the screens. Now. We like the screens that are on the vests and whatnot, but <laughs> getting them off their phone screens is so important. And I, you know, Bronwyn, as a teacher, I'm sure you uh, you can appreciate all yeah. the uh, the benefits to the kids. What are some of the things that you like really try and stress as the health benefits or, or you know the the social interaction? What are what are some of the things yeah. that you really kind of emphasize there? Well, you know, honestly, one of the reasons I wanted to do laser tag was because when kids get to that certain age where they don't like their parents anymore, it, it's something that you can, especially boys, you can't, because we have boys, um, something that you can do with your kids. You know, there's just, there's not a whole lot of things they want to do with you anymore, but it is, you know, something. And I love when I, you know, mm -hmm. have a bunch of dads in there that are all running in, um, playing with their kids. So just the, the thought that it is something that families can come and do. Um, my favorite memory is I had this little boy and he was standing by the entrance and they were going in for the birthday party and it wasn't his birthday party, but he's screaming, my dad's going to come play. My dad's going to come play. <laughs> he was so excited that his dad, you know, was going to come play. So, you know, that's for me is, you know, the, connection more than anything is you know their parents being able to play with them mm -hmm. it really is a game unlike almost anything else that you're going to find out there and so it's really cool when you see those uh, intergenerational exactly. connections being made too exactly awesome. and we let the mom and dad think for free for birthday parties and you know sometimes people are like no we definitely don't want to play and i'm like just go in there if you don't like it walk out the door and a lot of times they'll come to me and go, thanks for making me play. I actually really liked it. I had no idea. They're like, I would come back and play with my friends. So, you know, you just, you don't know. You don't know until you try. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you said 12 years you've been in business at this point? Is yeah, that like 12, yeah, 13? August of 2011. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So roughly 13, but we kind of factored that COVID <laughs> I mean, cause, but yeah, we're going on 13. Okay. Well, we all had that, that same year. So we get that, yeah. but 13 years still yeah. going strong. If you could impart some words of wisdom to new operators from your years of experience, what advice would you offer to them? Hmm. You know, I think one of the best things we do 
I don't know if concessions is the right word, but we're not nickeling and diming customers. Oh, yeah. If we see somebody's having a bad day or struggling or just didn't have a good laser tag game right? and, and it's a kid or is kind of scared, she'll give them tokens. Here, here's some tokens. Or, you know, somebody comes out and they're the last man standing in a zombies game during an all you can play session. Yeah, what do you want to drink? Free yeah. drink, you know? Free so there's a lot of handing out stuff that doesn't cost us that much that is a big deal to the customer right. that isn't doesn't put us out much right. so you get a slushie when you win you know yeah and zombies it's, and yeah they're thrilled yeah and it's those things that they leave your facility on a good note i don't know if i yeah. mean can you I, even I'm count not, on one hand I'm how many a, people have left our place yeah, I mean, if you, uh, yeah but i'm not i'm not afraid to give um free things i'm not afraid to give refunds give a refund give a refund they don't let my kid came out they didn't like laser tag and no they, worries. Come back next year. They'll probably like it. And if and yeah. I refund it all. And the if, game they played yeah. and the or if a family comes and the kid ends up being a little too scared of playing all you can play laser tag, but the rest of the family wants to play the remaining night, here's a refund and here's a bunch of tokens to play the video games while your yeah. family is playing the rest of the night. You know, yeah. Do we make as much as we could? No. no. But we do have, you know, happier people and I'm not afraid to yeah. And if we're really busy on our all you can play, I go around giving people tokens because you're waiting a long time. And then they're like, oh, that was really nice. Thank you. And I think the word gets out. And that's why we don't have yeah. to do any marketing or advertising because so it just yeah. spreads. Like, you, you know, when go I go there. to a place that says absolutely no refunds. It's yeah. Like, it's like, okay, so why yeah, would you need to put a sign like that up? Is, yeah. your, is, is it subpar customer service or a product that you're offering? You kind of wonder that. Yeah, so, I just, yeah. So that that's one good word of advice, I think. I think it goes it goes a long way when you offer that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like and that. I'm there. I think a lot of people open this kind of a business and they think, oh, I'm gonna get a manager in there, which would be awesome. I'm the manager, unfortunately. So of course that makes life a lot cheaper. Um, but I do think it's one of those businesses that you have to man mm -hmm. yourself. You, yeah. I mean. I, I just think when I look around at the most successful businesses in the country, it is, you know, DeVore. He's there all the time. He's got managers, but he's on site. He knows what's going on in his facility. Um, no, he doesn't do everything like I do. I'm probably dumber than I should be. But, um, you know, he knows. He's got, he's got a pulse on there. He knows what's going on in there. That's and I, I definitely think that that is huge. I think that if you think you're going to open this business and hire a couple of kids and a manager and it's going to run itself, it's, run it's itself. not the business for you. You have to, and you have to have a passion for it and it has to show. So when you're behind that counter, it has, it has to show. Right. So you have to be able to tolerate kids running around screaming, even though it's <laughs> annoying, even though it's annoying, you know, you can't, yeah, you know, sometimes it, it's I have not going to be there. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, she'll tell me, "Oh my God, I wish that kid would stop screaming." And it does bother me too. But it's like, but they're being kids, and it's like, know, it's their parents are here, and you know, as long as they don't break something or get out of control, then it's not the end of the world, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Well, I think those. <laughs> I don't have the patience I had <laughs> twelve years ago. Yeah. Uh. 
Well, those things that you're describing, I think not only do they make people feel appreciated, which I think uh, comes back around full circle, but uh, definitely you're you're on track that, you know, you got to have that uh, that presence there to really be on top of things. And uh, and I think that that adds a personal touch that, you know, Teenagers can be great employees, but there is a difference when you know that there's, you know, somebody who's really passionate about their own business. And um, and I, I'm sure that that does come back around with the appreciation factor as you put good out there and good comes back to you. And there is another piece. Oh, you want to make sure well, I'm it's just this is just my nature, but I like to make sure everything's always working. Yes. So our laser tag packs should always be working. And if they're not, I've got them working again. Video games, the same way. We rarely have an out of order sign on a video game. If it requires a special part I have to order, then yeah, so be it. We get it in. But it's it's up and running in no time and everything is generally always working. And I love pinball machines. And you know, pinball machines are some of the hardest games to work on because they require a lot of maintenance and things go out on them all the time because there's a lot of moving parts and you've got a big steel ball that's hitting a lot of things in there and i keep those pinballs in top-notch condition and we have people coming in all the time that just love playing them because they're perfect or near perfect so you know so we get people that have no interest in laser tech that are constantly coming through the door and just love playing those pinball games so yeah very cool well, you've certainly given a lot of insight to uh, ways to run a successful business and uh, being uh, being there in Southern California and doing what you're doing for that long. Um, it, it was a real treat for me to get to experience your business, and I hope other people get that experience as well. I love to end things with a little bit of rapid fire tag talk, some quick questions at you and some quick yeah. questions back. Would you guys be game for that? Uh, sure. sure. All right. And since I've got two of you, here's my rule when there's more than one. You both answer, but you can't take the same answer. Okay. So that'll oh, change okay. it. Okay. okay. So, all right. First thing, most unusual event or party that you've ever hosted? The furries. The furries? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... He's not there. As I'm not going to have yeah. the right answer to that. But yeah, the furries. We had the furries, the people that like to dress up in the furry costumes. They a couple times they asked if they could come in and, and do a laser tag event and sure and, and they did and so they played laser tag in their uh their, yeah okay i have to pause on this because i've only had one experience where i've come across that at laser tag and in that particular instance the arena chose not to uh not to do it in costume because of the size of the vests and whatnot so how did you oh, okay. maneuver putting vests on over a costume Maybe it wasn't as big uh, of an ours, issue. Ours have big. Um, it goes. It goes over the head. It could go. So, they may have taken the heads off and then put the heads back on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a while ago. No, well, you know what? And you're right because yeah. the gear you have is over the head as opposed to a vest. I guess I could see how that, you know, would, yeah. so would lend itself it's, to it. Yeah, so it's just, you know, and it goes pretty far out wide. So yeah. if you got a big costume, maybe they didn't clip the clips on the side, but they right. can still play. Boy, I hope you got photos. Hey, I, I'm wondering how the sensors worked if they had uh, gloves on at all. Or if they I, just you know their, what? But that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't. Because usually those costumes also have, have something for the hands. We may have had to do one-handed. I don't remember. We may have had to do one-handed, yeah. Still, I, I haven't heard that answer before. So. <laughs> it was probably in his 90s that was playing. 
his hands were so freezing cold that they didn't heat the the heat sensor didn't pick him up oh no yeah they're freezing yeah (laughs) well all right you i think you win with most unusual event there um what is the coolest place you've ever played laser tag other than your own arena divorce Stratum HQ in Arizona was unbelievable. It looked like Disneyland Main Street when you walked in. And I'm so bummed (laughs) that they closed because they were incredible. They had the largest arena, I think, in the world. And their lobby was just second to none. It's just, it's sad to see something like that close. Yeah. Uh, But I'm glad I was able to experience it. Did you, have you ever been there? Oh, yes. I've been to both places and I agree with both of your answers. Uh, divorce places I love because, you know, nostalgia of the photon homage going on all throughout there. And Stratum, you know, I love the arena, but what I really remember about Stratum is um, the uh, the vortex going into the arena. That was always my, yeah. not even going into the arena. I think it was between the briefing and the yeah. vestibule. But I like right. that I very much. About- I forgot about Stratums. But hey, Stratum's divorce. Like, and we went to Laser Tag at Baton Rouge literally days, we stay be- days before the COVID closure because we were at a music expo in New Orleans. And then he never reopened again. So, so he never glad reopened that you had the experience he, there. He, he had sold that building. So yeah. Yeah. So that we basically were some of the last people to play there. So yeah. Oh, it's funny you say that because I was I was there that year also, except I ended up playing at the uh the Metairie right. location. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we went there too. We went right there before too. COVID. Was yes. It, yeah. it, it was like yeah. literally the, the week of the days that it was breaking. We felt, I felt strange being on Bourbon Street because it was a little it was getting a little close, like I don't know what's going on here, but things are gonna change. And it was really strange yeah. going into those bars with this COVID thing looming in yeah yeah it was a, a strange time but i'm glad that i'm glad you guys had the opportunity yeah. i'm glad i had the opportunity I'm glad when, I was there. when that was the yeah. case yeah. yeah okay well coolest person that you've ever met through laser tag phil mickelson <laughs> okay uh but troy palamahu comes oh. to our place a lot he's the guy with the long hair in the commercial but his hair is always tight in the back so it's he doesn't he can't, look, recognize, can't him. recognize him we've yeah. had drew Brees's family come but phil mickelson for sure because i got to play laser tag with phil mickelson yeah. so that's awesome and i told my son i said do not bump into him he's got a major this week oh i got it oh mcmillan soccer player she said, yeah she's a u.s olympic gold medalist yeah awesome We've had quite a few Olympians. Um, there's a yeah. lot of Olympians actually in San Diego area. More, and skateboarders. Yeah, more than any other yeah. state is California. Yeah. Has. So. I, I love these stories. Whenever I talk to people from California, they always have the celebrity stories to share. So that's very cool. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite game format? Laser ball. <laughs> I like Space Marines the most, but Laser Ball is a close second. That's a great game. It's a great game. Yeah. All right. So you're both Obviously. going towards a real competitive lean there. <laughs> for sure. For sure. A standard yeah. game is a little bit boring to me, but I'll play it. I mean, I, mean okay standard. I feel like I'm just cleaning everyone's block in a standard game because if it's against <laughs> just normal customers, I feel so bad. I know. <laughs> well, I do, but still. Yeah. All right. Favorite energy drink to keep you on the move? 
I don't think she doesn't do energy drinks, but uh, Celsius is probably my go-to. Okay. Favorite brand of we never run in the arena shoes. Brooke. So that means favorite shoes to wear while playing, whether or not you're running. (laughs) Well, we never run in the arena. So whatever else you're doing, what shoes are you wearing when you do it? I would would say I would say the Hoka's are probably the best because of the cushioning uh, and a lot of arenas. It's a hard floor. So Hoka's are great for that. They're great for conventions, walking those floors. And they're just, yeah, that's my go-to. Fit pro tip? What was that? Fit flops. They're like the fit <laughs> flops, but they're cushioned. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. You really can't run in the arena with those. <laughs> All right. And final question. Best reason to play laser tag at Invasion Laser Tag. best reason her because she's behind the counter you get to yeah <laughs> go visit nice Bronwyn. Person. yeah the nice you get to work with the deal with the nicest nice person behind the counter well yeah and and the, the arena is yeah the arena is great it is pretty good a fun time yeah absolutely yeah, laser course is a great keep, system keep that equipment in tip-top shape yeah, so definitely you know that you know if you have an issue let me know and then it's going to be fixed so well, yeah. it's, it's, you should great. come back when you come yeah, to you California. I may just have to get to California before too long. I'll, I'll try yes. and make my way back to the West coast, but um, I, I'm so glad that I had the opportunity, the time that I did, it worked out so beautifully to, uh, I, I think I was coming by way of San Diego. Uh, and so you were uh, perfectly in my path for a great experience. And I do hope other people get to have a a similar experience. It's great to chat with uh, passionate operators who have been at it for a while and have lots of great tips to uh, kind of pass along and keep the community growing. So I thank you both so much for taking some time to talk with me about your business. That's Kevin and Bronwyn Castor, owners of Invasion Laser Tag in San Marcos, California. Thank you for joining me for some Laser Unfocused Tag Talk. All right. Thanks for having us. Thanks for checking out this episode of Laser Unfocused Tag Talk. Listen for more episodes on the first and third Friday of each month. Want to be a guest on an upcoming episode? Find out more and follow my blog and website at tibiachicklovedlasertag.com.